What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the one and only Primetime Productions. I'm Mike Sullivan, back alongside my host, Chris Davis. Chris, how you doing, bud? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, obviously, going to be leaving early tomorrow morning for the uh, Prospect Challenge in Buffalo, so yep. I'm so fired up for some hockey, dude. Like, And, and honestly, just we just talked about it, looking at all the names that are going to be uh, you know, on the ice there, it's going to be a low like every team is pretty loaded so um definitely just i'm excited to just get you know watch some hockey and relax i'm bringing my dad with me um who's a who's a huge canadians fan so he'll be able to see all those guys (laughs) so yeah i'm fired up it's going to be an awesome we're driving up so it'll be a cool uh a cool trip for us yeah dude i'm jealous it's going to be such a fun time up there in buffalo just to get to see all these young kids all these nhl prospects that you know have such bright futures um all in one place and you get to be there and watch it firsthand. It's going to be so sick. But um, I mean, other than that, um, I know we got some, we got a torts or not a torts situation, a Babcock situation that cock, has cock, cock block, Babcock cock block. Babcock <laughs> is back in the news. Um, obviously, like you just mentioned the prospect challenge. And I know you wanted to mention something else too, before we jumped into the hockey talk. Yeah. Um, so we've been working a lot, um, you know, within the community and trying to get something set up for, um, you know, our buddy, Matt, Matt McCray, who, um, you know, we've talked about on pretty much every episode um, since the tragic event that happened. Um, he was hit by a drunk driver, obviously. And um, I've been it, it was crazy, man. I got a DM from Todd Angeli, absolute legend, dude. And, and honestly, he such an unbelievable guy. He, a pillar in the community. He he's always wanting to get involved. He always wants to help people and just, you know, a lot of people know him just as the, you know, the, the Bruins anthem singer and, you know, the, the story about how he's, you know, bartender at the garden, but I've gotten to know him, um, a lot, you know, more in depth, uh, these, you know, this past couple weeks and just an unbelievable human being, man. Like he just is so genuine and just, so caring he just I and again I, I've only known him a couple weeks and he's just unbelievable man he, he whatever he wants to all he wants to do is help um and so uh, I'm really excited and happy to announce that um on October 1st from 2 to 6 p.m at Brady's um which is you know it's a it's a nice restaurant in uh Lemonster um we're gonna be having a comedy night um which there's going to be a bunch of, um, you know, high profile names. Obviously Todd's going to be there. Um, some local comedians, uh, Carolyn Plummer, James Dorsey and Chris Zito, um, who obviously they're comedians in the Boston area. Um, and then there are going to be some other big names that, um, we haven't announced yet, but we're really excited about. Um, so the tickets are, tickets are on sale now. Um, I'm going to include the link to buy tickets in, um, you know, in my bio and then obviously in the podcast post that we make. Um, but tickets are going to be 150 um, per person. Um, and then you can also buy a, a VIP ticket, which includes open bar. And then you can do uh, meet and greet with each special guest for 250. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be such a fun event. And 100% of the proceeds go to Matthew in his recovery, which is huge. So, I mean, this is... Yep. Hopefully we can get a shit ton of people at this event. And I think it's going to be something that's, you know, going to put a lot of smiles on people's faces and 
um, you know, obviously it's going to be a huge help to Matthew. So um, if you're interested, definitely shoot me a DM. I mean, I'll be glad to send you whatever links, um, but everything's going to be included in our podcast uh, post and then also in my bio. So again, really excited about it and uh, hope you guys can all join. Yeah. Um, obviously too, like you said, uh, I think you said what $150 per person. Um, and then, you know, prices go up if you want a little extra, but remember all that money is going to a great cause. Um, you're going to have a great night, see some comedians, go meet some people, hang out, have some drinks. And, and you know, all that money is going to Matthew and his family. So, um, you know, it's a great event. I'm hoping I can be there. I'm going to try to chug through work so that I can speed through and get over. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it'll be a good time. Good community will be there and have some laughs. Some local comedians, come on. And, and the money's going to a great cause. So all around a great situation. And um, as many people who are listening to this who want to go, I hope you can so we can meet you guys too. Yeah, I, you know, I also want to take a moment to uh, just kind of, you know, thank everyone who's um, shared all my posts, you know, about Matthew, his GoFundMe, everyone who's contributed, um, man, we, we look through all that stuff. So I see, you know, I see everyone who's contributed. I, I see everyone who is, um, you know, sharing his stuff. And honestly, I, I want you guys to know that it means the world, um, to his family and his friends. Um, because again, we notice that stuff. Um, his family looks at that stuff. Like it, it's the amount of support that he's gotten. Um, is overwhelming and, and honestly well it well deserved um because again he's just an unbelievable kid um so yeah i wanted to take that opportunity to just thank everyone um he's obviously got a long road ahead still um and there's a lot of work to be done but um the support thus far has been unbelievable and amazing it, it really gives you hope you know with with how shitty the world is sometimes and and all these things that you see happen it really gives you a lot of hope that there's you know there's a lot of good people on the, on this planet and then on this earth that, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really happy about. So just wanted to yeah. thank you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, man, I was looking through all this stuff and, uh, as far, you know, spit and chicklets, man, were the first, they were the first to report on this. Dude, um, it's, cr- it's crazy. So funny, dude. Like, and again, are we fucking surprised with this guy? No. Like, like why does he keep, like I, I his track record kind of speaks for himself like in the earlier days right of the NHL like maybe a couple decades ago it's that's normal i mean it's it's normal um behavior from a coach i guess to act that way but dude we're in 2023 right now you can't do that anymore it's not acceptable um these players have their personal lives that uh, have nothing to do with hockey and for a head coach to you know put these players on blast and have them show their pictures in front of everybody in their cat. Like what, what, what are you doing? What are you now, doing? Now I had to, I had to get the whole story because obviously right from the jump, dude, you look at this shit and you're like, Oh, out- outrageous story, obviously. So now, you know, yeah. you, you kind of read more into it and you know, Boone Jenner came out, obviously the Colum- you know, Columbus's captain, well-respected across the league. Um, one of the, one of the better captains in the NHL, um, you know, between him and Mike Babcock, they're arguing that, you know, in their statements that they, the requests for the photos were purely for relationship building yep. and, and team bonding. Now, with that being said, 
I look at a guy like Paul Bissonnette, who is a he is the one who broke this. Obviously, he's well loved across the league. He's super high profile within the National Hockey League. Um, obviously, on TNT, he's spitting chiclets. He's got all this stuff going for him. I just I can't for the life of me see see a um, a scenario where he would put any of that at risk if this weren't like a legitimate story or like right. a legitimate, like, I, I just can't see that happening. He's got so much going for him and he's got so much to lose and for him to lose credibility. I, I just can't see. And, and and again, you look at a situation like that Boone Jenner's in dude, fucking poor Boone Jenner. If this is true, because what are you going to go against your head coach right now? Like again, that that's turmoil for the entire season. So I, you know, I always try to take situations like this and try to um, be even keel about it and and look at both sides. But man, I'm looking at this stuff. I've never seen anything like that. Like no, I, what I, I just feel like team bonding. You can't find a better way to right. do team bonding than to look at individuals' phones. What what about the team is that what? What team bonding is that? You're looking at individuals' phones. Dude, I can't for the life of me understand how that is any t- type of bonding. And I know he said like he wanted to see the type of people that they were, right? But you don't have to invade somebody's privacy like that. You don't have to go into their personal phone and look at their you who I mean, who knows what's in there? I mean, first of all, there could be some intimate, you know, these guys have families. There could be some intimate pictures in there that you don't want to share with anybody. Why not, as a head coach, just, as you said, find a different way to do it? Just, like, get the guys together at a team dinner. Talk about what you did over the summer. It's like, That's, like, simple high school hockey level type of bonding stuff. I know that. But yeah. at the same time, it's simple. And it's really, like, it's it's not crazy. Like, you don't need to go overboard. Just Just find a healthy way to bond with each other that's it you don't have to snoop through everybody's phones that's weird it's Dude, weird if, if if anything it's just like a weird move to be like let me see your camera roll that's now, weird now if i i put myself in a situation like this and i'm playing for um you know columbus and i catch wind that he's he's looking at pictures and stuff i would make sure i had the raunchiest hog photo <laughs> on my camera roll so as great lighting and, you know, as soon as that camera roll get, pops up, dude, all he sees is fucking Davis's wrench. So I, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I Listen, I mean, I think it would be funny, but I, that that's just the kind of shit that, like, it's so outrageous to think about, dude. Like, yeah, can you imagine, dude? Like, a lot of these guys are single. Like, God right. forbid you fucking, like, who knows, dude? Like, it's just so fucking bizarre. I can't for the life of me and honestly i in saying that you know the hog pictures it was hilarious paul bissonette <laughs> said the same thing dude he's like yeah i would make sure i have <laughs> like and again it's just funny I, I can't understand and having known his like babcock's history um not a lot of people have a lot a lot of good things to say about him um i think this is purely like a controlling like a control mechanism yeah. Um, and I, again, I think it's just to see what these guys have been up to, to see, you know, who's taken the series. Like, again, I think that's purely what it is. I, I can't see, you mentioned it. I can't see any reason why this would be bonding in any, 
shape or form, you know? Yeah. And think about it from Columbus's perspective and the player's perspective, right? Why with a young team with guys like Adam Fantilli, um, Zach Wierenski, you got guys like Patrick Line, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, why are you bringing in this dinosaur of a coach to coach all these young kids? You have a young core. What are you doing? Like, and think about it too. A lot of the players on that team have a college hockey background. They came from the NCAA, including Adam Fantilli, your newest young stud who's going to be, he's going to be in the lineup for Columbus. Why would you want him being head coached by a guy who's clearly outdated his strategies used to work in the game very well, but the game has changed. The game's evolved. It's not the same. He's he, his, his, um, you know, his being Babcock, his choices aren't as effective as they used to be. Why not go with a younger head coach for a younger team that can relate to these guys a little bit better? Like you think Johnny Gaudreau was thrilled to hear that Mike Babcock was coming over. No dude, like get a young coach or not even, he doesn't even have to be young, but get a coach who was, maybe in the NCAA system and he knows how these kids like to play and how, you know, how to treat these kids as players. Now you got, I think in this day and age, you have to be a player's coach. Yeah. And, and Mike Babcock is the anti players coach. Yeah. Dude, you gotta, you gotta look at like, what the hell was Yarmo Kekalainen thinking? Like I, I just, again, uh, yes. Mike Babcock when in his heyday ran a very structured, um, I guess system we'll say, yep. but yep. like, again, you mentioned, yeah, the game is changing, dude. It's faster. These kids are bigger, stronger, and I can't for the life of me. Can you, can you see a, a situation where he can, he actually coaches this team with all this, especially with the NHL and the NHL players association investigating this? Like, do you think, I feel like this is going to be something that hangs over their head all fucking year. Yeah. Like why if I'm if I'm the GM, why why would I want I wouldn't want that. That's going to be the story all year. And then you mentioned if they start failing and they start fucking playing shitty and you know Fant- again you mentioned Fantilli's confidence, dude. Like I would be fucking pissed playing on a team like this with all this shit going on. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be there like 3 years. Yeah, get me the hell out of here. Especially like, for a kid who is vocal about wanting to be in Columbus. Exactly. So like, when but, when was the last time that happened? I don't, dude. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I, I don't <laughs> understand it. I I just again I look at this and you know a lot of people on you know obviously Twitter world it's like you you know Biz was getting roasted but like at the end of the day why would why would Biz make up or any of the Chicklets guys for this matter make up this kind of story like it just doesn't. It's a story yeah. that could ruin credibility. Like, I just can't see a scenario where if there wasn't any, if it wasn't a legitimate source from the team or a, a, a former player that, like, not even former player, a player could on the current. blue jackets right now. Yeah, like, why, they wouldn't release that kind of story, dude, if there wasn't some sort of credibility to it. Right. Like, and they've been backed up too by other reporters saying like, yeah, no, like this is true. Like this happened, this happened. So I, like, there's no reason in the world to just make up a story out of thin air like that. Yeah. I know, I know biz likes to, you know, stir up some drama, but he doesn't stir it up out of thin air. He'll bring it oh, up if it's yeah. true, but yeah, for sure. In, in terms of, cause I was actually going to ask you the same question. If they, if they keep Babcock along, uh, uh, you know, with them or not, 
And I mean, you got a month until the season. You got some time. If they're going to pull the trigger on that, they better do it soon. Cause you don't want to start the season. And then, you know, like you said, kind of start off on a, in the wrong direction and then pull the trigger on something like that. Like do it. You know what? We all see the direction this is going in. Just, just do it. Just fire him. Just get rid of him. Yeah. I just, again, I, I think regardless, like, I think this has already been such a big story to where like, you can't sit there and tell me that this isn't going to hang over their heads the entire year. Then right. you mix in the fact that if they start shit in the bed and they, they're not performing well, then it's going to spin into, well, yep, they should have fired him at the beginning of the year. He's not the guy. So I, I don't know. For me, I would just rip the Band-Aid off. Like you said, I uh, you know rip the Band-Aid off. And I, I can't understand why they chose him. To, I, I don't get it. I'm not saying that he's yeah. not he wasn't a good coach. He was. No one can deny that. But like, was I don't know. Dude. Was yeah. Like for today's day and age, I, I can't understand it. Uh, it. It's very similar to like the Tortorella thing. I, I yes. I don't know. I and like again, they'll continue. They're gonna continue to get hired, dude. You know they what? Will. It's, it's weird. I don't. It I is. don't understand why. They're clearly outdated. The game has passed them. Maybe definitely Babcock more than Tortorella. Because I think Tortorella catches a little bit, you know, more heat than he deserves. Because I don't think Tortorella is pulling stuff like this. I think Tortorella is just kind of like a crabby, grumpy old man. He's cutthroat. He's very cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like also there's times in the locker room where he'll crack jokes and stuff too. You know what I mean? He's not always like that. But Babcock, I can't see Babcock cracking jokes. Like, I'm sure Tortorella does some stuff to like, you know, ease the tension in the locker room. Like he probably does it in his own way, but at the same time, I'm, I'm sure the players are kind of looking around, you know, when Tortorella freaks out in the room and they're like, all right, like that yeah. kind of loosened us up a little bit and like, we're ready to go. But Babcock is just like, I'm sure there's guys in the room that are just like, Oh my God, like this guy, he just doesn't get it anymore. Yeah. No, I, I look at, cause you know, when we were doing our, our Metro uh, predictions, we were both really high on Columbus. And honestly, I don't yeah. think we were even taking Babcock into consideration with any of that. <laughs> no. I think I think it was purely from like a roster standpoint. But dude, I, I don't know. Like I, I just feel bad for these guys. You mentioned like Johnny Hockey and uh, you know, Patty Line. It's it's I don't fucking know, dude. I, I just um you know, if it's me, rip the band-aid off. I, I love it, I always try to put like, obviously, we love the Bruins. And, you know, can you imagine if Boston hired a guy like this? Like, thank God they brought in, like, a young, a younger mind. Like, someone who's, like, up to date with, like, the game today in Monty, obviously. And and uh, look at what it's done for them. Like, Coach in college hockey, too. Yeah, like, I, I just can't, for the life of me, understand why these guys keep getting hired. But, yeah. honestly, you, you know, we could go on all fucking day about this. Um, well, I was going to say, though, because you mentioned, you know, Colum- like, us being high on Columbus and not considering Babcock. But, as we were talking a couple of minutes ago, too, it kind of, this thought crossed my head. And we've seen it before. Coaches getting fired can sometimes elevate a team to... Mm-hmm perform even better and kind of light a fire under their ass. And if I I think if they do it right in Columbus, they have the talent they got, would you say 
maybe not above average goalie goaltending, but at least average goaltending, not terrible. I would um, say that I would say goaltending is their Achilles heel right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, but, we, we could have argued defense, but that was without Wierenski. You get right. Wierenski back, you still got Adam Bolquist, you know, you yep. got David Jerichek, who hopefully will get some significant ice time this year. I think, yeah, I think goaltending is probably their uh, Achilles heel at this point. Yeah, and I think I think if if they do get a new coach, then they could come out of the gates hot. I think that I really do. I really think they could come out of the gates hot if they if they get that fire lit up under their ass. Yeah, I like I think these are pivotal years to these kids' development, like as yeah. far as their game at the NHL level goes. And and you're just gonna I don't know. And and again, who are we to say? Like maybe there's something that, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen sees, you yeah. know, that we don't. And who knows? We'll see. I guess we'll see how it uh you know, how it pans out, but obviously there's a open investigation right now so we'll kind of i guess we'll wait and see what happens but yeah um yeah dude i i also i'm going through our notes and i wanted to bring up another thing that completely forgot about adam lowry was named captain of the winnipeg jets um obviously yeah. we, i think we talked last week when quinn hughes was named captain um yeah i i'm not sure if we discussed that i i think it was a good move i liked it this mm-hmm. one was I'm not going to say shocking, but I just don't know a whole lot about Adam. I mean, I know Adam Lowry is a, a bottom six forward. I know he's a, you know, he's a grinder type. He, he's a good player as far as, as far as being named the captain. I was, I was kind of shocked. I mean, I, it, it says a lot right now. And, and honestly, it brings up a lot of questions to me um, as far as like Mark Shifley goes. As far as, you know, a lot of these other guys that you thought maybe had a chance to wear the C and they give it to Adam Lowry. What what are, what were your thoughts when you first heard that? So you said you weren't shocked. I was shocked. I mean I'm not gonna say like, I I'm not gonna say I wasn't shocked. I, I think mm-hmm. I didn't know what to think, honestly, dude. I, I looked at it and I was like I know who Adam Lowry is. Like, it's not like it was like an out of the blue, like, who the fuck is this guy? But I know who Adam Lowry is. He's a good player. As far as being named the captain, yeah, I thought there were other options that they were going to at least consider first. Um, yeah, I yeah, I guess I, I, guess I was shocked. I'll, I'll say it. But so we've heard over the past couple of seasons, right, that Winnipeg's locker room is just not – it's not it. It's, it's not a locker room that you want to necessarily be a part of with the leadership group that they had. But I think it says a lot when a guy who's been there for, I think, uh, let me count really quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine seasons in Winnipeg. He spent his whole NHL career with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, He's never put up a season more than 36 points. So like you said, he's a bottom six guy, but if he's a strong voice in that locker room and people respect what he says, you know, he has a hard work ethic and people can follow his lead, then and it's a good move on their part because we have we've heard nothing but bad things about their leadership group. Um, that it's it's not really respected, I guess, for a lack of a better term. But obviously the guys on the team know who you know should be wearing the C or they know who should be listen who they should be listening to in the room and i mean if adam lowry's the guy then adam lowry's the guy it doesn't always have to be like 
the highest, you know, point score. It doesn't always have to be the guy with the most time on ice. Um, sometimes it's a guy that can just lead by example. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like um, having a third line, you know, forward as your captain. It's going to be weird for Shifley. I, I don't know if they move him or not. I think that they keep him, dude. And it's, I feel like that could be awkward, but I feel like it was a needed change in Winnipeg too. Yeah, you, you mentioned that sometimes it's not always, um, you know, the top scores, top line guys. We just talked about a team that has one of those guys in Boone Jenner. Right. Um, yeah, I honestly, I there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of cool things with this, you know, with him being named captain. Obviously, um, you know, his da- his dad, Dave, um, he was a captain of Calgary from uh, 2000 to 2002. I thought that was a pretty cool little note, I guess. Yeah, um, little, little nugget. Yeah, a little nugget. Um, <laughs> you know, what this tells me is a rebuild in Winnipeg is coming. Mm. I think, dude, it, the writing is on the wall. It started last year when they stripped the C from Blake Wheeler. They let Blake Wheeler go, obviously, for nothing. I have a feeling that they're going to be moving Mark Shifley. And I think they're going to get a haul for him, especially come deadline time. You know, yeah, they, I, yeah, I, I can see they've got some good prospects, dude. I One of my favorite prospects, Cole Perfetti. Yep, nasty. And, so good. And, and honestly, I can, I, this is the kind of move a 30 year old third line center captain. Who's again, he's a grinder. Like he, he's very consistent. I mean, he, he pretty much plays, you know, he's played a shit ton of games over his career. Um, that's what this move tells me that a rebuild's coming. And um, I it just, I, there's not a situation where, I see Mark Shifley staying in Winnipeg. I, I just can't, yeah. dude. Especially, uh, so what are they going to strip the C again from from Adam Lowry when they feel like Mark Shifley's ready for it? I no, I can't see no, that. Ha- it's not no. going to happen. It, I well, either way, I don't think Shifley's getting the C back in any scenario. But I think it can, was stripped. It's it's gone. But you you don't think that he wants the C at some point in his career? I don't know if he did. He clearly didn't act like it when he had it in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? Yeah. They stripped. I, you know what I mean? They had to strip it away. Like that's embarrassing. Did they strip it from Shifley? I believe so. Or was it Wheeler? I, I believe. Oh, I could be wrong about that. It's. I don't know. We're gonna check the game notes. Yeah, we got Yeah, we yeah, we gotta check the tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's just a. It's a. It was a. I liked it, dude, because I love fucking grinders. I love that is like my favorite type of like play is like the third line grinder that just like fucking eats minutes, eats pucks in the corner. Like I, I just I love that game that game style, and to see a guy like Adam Lowry getting the C, it it, it was pretty cool for me. Um, yeah, and but if Shifley wore the A, he didn't have the C. He wore the A. Did they take the A from him though? Um. I think so. They must have taken it after that Jake Evans hit, dude. That was yeah. brutal. Yeah, that was huge. He was going but, to the locker room, and he they fucking ripped that right off his chest after that one. Dude, another thing that we haven't talked about yet either, and it's I, I don't think it's minor. I think it's a great um, depth addition for Colorado is Thomas Tatar. 1.5. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude, 1.5. Dude, um, the amount of text that I got. 
dude, the amount of fucking texts I got. Why couldn't? Yeah. Why didn't the Bruins sign him? He's. I'm like, dude, no. Yeah. Like again, no. Like I, I don't know. Like again, I, at what point are we just gonna like roll with what we have? Like let's let's understand what si- the situation we're in. I we don't know what's gonna happen this year, but but continuing to bring in random veterans that were once good five ten years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't see how that's gonna make this team like. I don't know. I like again. Are, are we gonna keep signing these veteran players and not giving a chance to like the younger kids? Like I I don't know. I know. I, mean, I man. I heard man. I I, I forgot who it was. Uh, that we were talking to a part of uh, prime time that was getting so rattled, dude. And like, again, like who cares about the kit? It's like, well, do you, like, are the players that we're bringing in as veteran talent, are they going to fucking put us over the edge right now as probably not? Yeah. Like, so, so what are we like? I well, don't understand. Like Danton Heinen going to bring us a cop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, but, I, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I like Heinen. I I think that he'll be good. Like, I don't think he's going to be an everyday player. Like, I don't think he's going to be a – I think he'll slot in. Like, just like Lucic, dude. I don't think Lucic yeah. is going to play 82 games. Heinen's not going to play 82 games. He's I not. Mean, I mean, for Colorado, though, dude, with Tatar, I'm looking at – he's slotted in at their third – in their third line right now on daily faceoff, and they got their third line as Miles Wood, Ross Colton, and Thomas Tatar. That's a that's a pretty solid third line, dude. It it is, it is. But again, that's a, that's an addition for a team that is cup ready right now. Yes, they're, yes. They're, Bruins are not cup ready, dude. Like them bringing in Thomas Tatar is not going to make them a cup team. No. Is it even going to make them like a solidified playoff team? I don't think so. I I really don't, dude. We talked about how loaded the Atlantic Division was. It's going to be close. Man. It's still going to be close, dude. Come on, dude. Uh, come go on. Look at his no- Tell me his numbers, dude. Go go read his numbers. No. no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying. I think the Bruins are in a good spot. I think they can still finish. Top they three. are. So why? So why? Why ruin that? Right. No. Okay. Okay. So we're on the same yeah. page. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're in a, what I'm saying is they're in a good spot. Like, why are we now? Why are we bringing in another fucking veteran who was? Yeah, he was good five years. Like, I don't know what his stats look like. You know, prior to this, obviously we know he was a stud in in Detroit, mm-hmm. but he's he's bounced around since then, and I I just don't see a scenario where it works out in Boston. Like, where where would we put him? Like. There's so many other guys that deserve a chance in this lineup, and that you're just yeah. hindering their progression by bringing yeah. in a guy that, for what? And so, we already signed the PTOs that we have, so it's. I think. Yeah. I think the with the roster that it is right now, with the PTOs that we have going into camp, I think I don't think any other moves are coming. Um, yeah, they're, they're the rolling with this team, dude. They're yeah. rolling with this team. I think we're gonna see, you know, whether it's. I think we're gonna see some players really stand out in this prospect challenge. Yep. And I think they're going to get a shot at the at the NHL level. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I have a couple players in mind who I think, um, but I don't know, dude. I, I think we're going to see in these next couple days, weeks. There's going to be some young players that really step up and and start out the year on the uh, you know on the NHL team. So 
I'm yeah. excited about it. And again, bringing in a guy like Tatar, like I don't know, it would have been cool like five years ago, I guess. But yeah, this it, it's a good move for Colorado, I think. Yeah, it's a good you move know, for Colorado. It's a good depth move for Colorado. They're already solidified in their top six. Like, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, right? nothing's changing there. But you want to talk a little prospect challenge? Yeah, good little segue, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously this weekend, um, got a ton of games, dude. Um, the 2023 prospect challenge is going to be happening um, in Buffalo. Going to be making the trip up there. Hopefully, see Brett. Um, you know, part of only Bruins. So pumped, dude. I, I I haven't met him yet. I don't think any of us have. Um, no, so he's me, he's up in he's up in Canada. Canada. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna get married for uh, citizenship. Uh, yeah. purposes, <laughs> I'm sure Emma won't mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, she already signed off on it. She's good with it. Yeah, she's cool with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I'm I'm so pumped. And and honestly, I I told you. I was looking at the rosters and holy shit, there are so many. They're so loaded. I think the worst team out of this whole thing is Ottawa. There, there weren't a ton of prospects that I, um, you know, recognized. I a couple, I guess. Right, uh, Redley Grig. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I pronounced that right, but he. I mean, he's he's going to be a good uh, top six forward at some point for that team. Um, but I, I wrote down a couple names from each team that I, you know I'm really excited to watch. Um, Obviously, we're starting off in Montreal, dude. Two unreal defensemen who I'm really excited about. I think we talked about it when they first drafted um, David Reinbacher. Yep. Um, he's obviously going to be a part of that 2023 fifth overall pick. Um, he's going to be, you know, playing in that. But also, probably alongside him, uh, Logan Mayu, mm-hmm. who I, Disgusting. you know. So good, and obviously he he had a little bit of trouble. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I I think he honestly really learned from his mistake. Um, and I think like again, man, I it's unfortunate he was a kid. Like, I I don't condone anything. You know, obviously I don't condone what he did, but I think he really learned from it. He took some time off. Um, and he's back, man. And, and from what I've been reading in training camp, he's looked phenomenal. Like like a player that legitimately has a chance to make this top six um, for, uh, defenseman for Montreal. Yeah, and to be honest with you, completely 110% honest, I don't know what um, that story was about. I never read into it. Um, but And so I can't really speak on it too much. But obviously I trust what you're saying. Like if he's truly learned from it and, you know, he's, he's um, made things right, then – Hopefully he can put it in his past and, and, you know, continue to learn from it. But from a hockey standpoint, very good player. Um, and yeah, I mean, he really does have a chance to get in that top six. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, I hope that I don't catch a lot of slack for saying, you know, that he deserves. I, I think for the vast majority of people, depending on what happens, I think people deserve second chances, man. I, I'm yeah. always, you know, people, people make mistakes and, Depending on the severity of it, obviously, like obviously, I'm not saying you can like, you know, yeah, you know, you do, know what do I something, mean. Do something terrible. Yeah, like I, I think a situation like this, and you know, we're not going to get into it, but yeah. I, I think the kid, it, he was young, dude. He he made a stupid fucking mistake, immature mistake, um, and again, I mean, he's what in his mid twenties, and that like he's 
again, I, I think he deserves a chance, like especially to be blacklisted his entire life from playing in the NHL because of a mistake that he made as a teenager. It's just, it's kind of crazy to think about. And and again, I'll reiterate that, like, I'm not saying that everyone deserves a second chance because that's just not true. And I'd be yeah. a fucking idiot to say that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, and, and hopefully he really did learn from, you know, the stupidity that he did, the, the stupid mistake he made. And, I, dude, this decor is gonna be fucking disgusting, dude. Like you look at, you know, Armor Jack Eye, Jack Eye, Jordan Harris, former captain of Northeastern, dude. He's yeah. fucking gross. Um, they had Jeff Petrie back for like five minutes, and then yep. obviously he wanted out. Um, but yeah, I really like what uh what Hughes and Gorton are doing by building that back end. Um. They've got a lot of talent, even on you know the top six forwards. But I really like that they're going to be that they're solidifying that back end. Um, and I, again, I, I think they're going to be fucking gross. I, not necessarily this year, but I think you know Habs are coming, dude. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, the next team I want to talk about another team, dude. Holy shit, New Jersey. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. I'm looking at I'm look I was looking at their lineup. Bring in Luke Hughes. Simone Nemec, and honestly, I I love you know you and I talk a lot of hockey, uh, hockey East and college hockey. Uh, Colin Felix, dude, yeah, from UMass, and I loved watching this kid, dude. He was so nasty, and and I saw that he was you know going to be playing for New Jersey. I was pumped to see it. Um, talk about two stud defensemen, dude. Two top, I mean, top five picks, you know, of the last however many years with Nemec and Hughes. I mean, that's going to be a top – that's like their top pairing. I mean, I, I, I'm i so excited to see what they do. Um, they're yeah. both going to be – they're obviously this, both going to be NHL players this year. Yeah, and this is like when you look at, you know, certain teams' prospect challenge rosters, this is where you see front offices' drafting skills really come to fruition. 100%, like, dude. You can clearly see which teams draft well, which teams are kind of like, you know – shooting darts at a dartboard you know what i mean like teams like jersey buffalo montreal they're drafting so 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 well and i mean you see it firsthand here with the prospects challenge you just gotta just take a look at the rosters and you can tell yeah and you know it's funny uh, another little uh segue i guess uh talking about buffalo dude and uh holy shit i, I couldn't pick i was looking at the names and i couldn't i could not pick for the life of me um <laughs> So the three names I have, uh, Zach Benson, obviously we had him on the pod. I think, dude, he was one of our first player interviews, and we talked to him, and he was so ready for this year. Um, you know, he wanted to make the team. He wanted to be in the NHL. He was. He said he was ready, dude, and um, I'm so excited to see what, uh, you know, what he does. Um, obviously, Matthew Savoy, yep. another high draft pick, I believe ninth overall. Um Another phenomenal player, dude. So excited. And uh, Mel, Mel's going to be really excited about this one. Uh, <laughs> Zach Metza, dude. Obviously, yep. Quinnipiac, solid, solid player. One, He was one of my favorite players last year in uh, college hockey. Just outstanding leader. Um, just He was so fun to watch. And, and I think uh, he's going to be such a good fit in Buffalo. Um, whether, you know, whether he's on the Sabres or, he's, if, you know, if he's in the uh, American League. Um, but those are three players that I think – are going to be studs for Buffalo and um, moving on to Pittsburgh. Um, obviously this year's first round pick Braden Yeager. Um, he's going to be playing for Pittsburgh um, in the prospect challenge. 
Um, another name I wanted to bring up, Max Nemestikov. Mm -hmm. You might recognize him. He's line mates with Matthew Patois and Golf Storm. Um, yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how he plays, um, how he's going to complement Patois if he, if Patois doesn't make the you know make the team, if he ends up going back to Golf Storm, um, and then a BC kid, uh, Jack Saint Ivany, um, he was a, you know former BC Eagle. Um, I, I'm excited to watch him. I, I think he's going to be another player that's going to um, hopefully make the team. I mean, he's he's really highly skilled. Um, and last but not least, uh, our Boston Bruins. Man, I, oh, I, was, I was looking at this roster, and honestly, I want to read all the names because I know a lot of our listeners are, you know, obviously Bruins fans. Um, the, the names that I brought up, um, you know, obviously the top three are Fabian Lysel, yep. who, again, coming off a concussion, I'm, I'm really excited to see him back in gameplay. Um, Prospect and the next one, John Farinacci, um, who we brought in from Harvard. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Like, I, I don't think we really know. We, we, from what we read, he's really responsible in both ends. Um, he's a responsible defensive center. Yeah, so, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna light up the score sheet. But it's those little, you know, intangibles that you can bring to a game that helps so much. Like, I mean, like we saw with. And again, I'm not comparing, obviously, but like you see with Bergeron last year, Bergeron didn't light up the score sheet. He had, I, actually, I believe he had 27 goals, but he only had 58 points. And mm -hmm. just, just to compare, I mean, Pavel Zaka had 57, but what made Bergeron, you know, make up for, you know, that production was just his responsible two-way game and his playing in the defensive zone, his face-offs, you know, everything that made him the Selkie Six, what was six times Selkie winner? Um, and and people tend, to, I think people are kind of forgetting about that aspect of the game and they're really only looking at point production. You need these responsible guys, like you can't yeah. just be running around firing the puck, you know, trying to score all game. You have to be responsible. And a guy like Farinacci brings that to the table, especially yeah. a younger guy, too. He's going to be able to develop that in Providence and maybe, you know, in, in a couple of years, you see him in Boston. Yeah, you know, a guy that we have right now, obviously, on the Bruins that I think Farinacci could learn a lot from is a guy like Charlie Coyle, yep. um, who, again, another guy who's super responsible in his own end. Um, not a guy that's going to light up the score sheet by any means, but um, very responsible player. He's phenomenal in both ends, great in the neutral zone, um, great face-off guy. Um, I think he, that he's a guy that um, Farinacci can can learn a lot from. Um Almost, My, almost similar to like a Thomas Nosek, almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, like again, another like, and, and one thing I remember about Nosek, dude, is his penalty killing. Right, right. My God, he was he the one of the best, probably the best pe penalty killer that we had. I mean, he was um, probably one of the best in the league, honestly. Yeah, um, you know, and, and last but not least, uh, you know, the obvious. We have the obvious guys. You know, the the low rise, the patois. But I, I brought up a guy, Trevor Kuntar, man. I, yep. We had him on the show. Um, obviously, he had the injury, you know, arm injury and BC Eagle. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does, man. And, and like, he's another one. He was a third-round pick. Um, I love his game, dude. I, I think he's a guy that, that legitimately has a chance. Like, I know he's not – a lot of people are 
not necessarily writing him off, but like I don't think he's on a lot of people's radars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's a guy that could put up some good numbers, um, whether it's in the you know the AHL, whatever. Um, but he's a guy I'm really excited to watch and see what he does um, for this prospect challenge. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to read to our listeners like who exactly is going to be playing in this because again, being like a prime, like primarily a Bruins fan, I was I looked at this roster dude and I'm like they're going to win this whatever if this is like a I read challenge so like I, this team is absolutely fucking loaded so we're, for centers we have Joey Abate, um, Johnny Beecher, um, Julian Beland who was an invite, John Farinacci. Um, Curtis Hall, Brett Harrison, Trevor Kuntar, Fabian Lysel, Adam Matura, who was an invite, Georgi Merkulov, Owen Peterson, Patois, and Toporowski. On defense, Frederick Brunet, Mike Callahan, uh, Jackson Edward, who I've, dude, I've been reading phenomenal things about him so yep. far uh, for the London Knights. Um, Mason Lowry, Ryan Mass, Ethan Ritchie, man, Ethan Ritchie lit it up at a development camp. He, he looks so good, man. Um, Blake Smith, who was an invite and then Graydon Seatman, who was also an invite. Um, goaltenders, William Russo and Samuel St. Hilaire, um, both invites. So dude, I just, those names that I read off, like that's a loaded lineup, like, especially on the forward, like forward end. That's, they're going to be unreal, dude. (laughs) Like, I, I'm so excited to see what different combinations they do as far as lines go. Um, I want to see like who clicks with who. Um, yeah, and obviously, you know, you know, Mason Lowry is going to be playing, so I'm, I'm always interested to see, you know, what he does, how he, you know, how he's going to perform. Um, so yeah, you know, who I'm really interested to see, you know, how he does is John Beecher. You know, drafted in 2019, first round pick. Um, and he hasn't really been able to progress into the player that we all thought he could be. I've been saying it for a couple of years now. I think his player comp is something similar to Charlie Coyle. You know, bigger guy. He's got some speed. He can protect the puck well. But everything that we've been hearing out of, you know, um, like reports from Bruins writers, Ty Anderson, Connor Ryan, is that he he's looking good. He's confident. Um, but – We've heard that in the past too, and I think now is the time to. It's it's almost put up or shut up time. It's it's getting close to that point. Um, Sixty one games last year in Providence, twenty three points. I mean, you gotta have high hopes for this kid. He's a big guy, big body. He he plays the center position. I I, I want it to be beach season so bad, dude. Because yeah. I love I love his game and I love the way he plays, but. It, for some reason, he hasn't been able to get past that threshold yet. And I think this is a big year for him. Yeah, it's worth noting. Um, he spent a lot of time this offseason still, you know, staying in Boston. Yeah. Um, a lot of the work that he's done is a lot of, like, offensive zone work, which is, I think, an area that he really needed to work on. Um, yeah. His situation reminds me of a lot of, like, Trent Frederick's situation when he was first mm. starting out. When he, you know, he was... Back into the first round, like, not really, like, again, I don't really know. We Obviously, Trent Frederick was by no means a fighter, I guess, right, until it, he was on his last leg at this at that point, right? Like, we kind of were, were at the same point with Trent Frederick that 
what are we getting? What are we going to get from this guy? Like, and, and we didn't really know, like, is he going to be a top six forward? Like what exactly? And I hope to God, dude, it doesn't end up being the same thing where Johnny Beecher feels like he has to, you know, drop the mitts and like fucking be a fighter for this team. I, I really yeah. hope he ends up being like a, like a legitimate power forward. Um, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to turn into that. And, and honestly, I, I don't even think Trent Frederick at this point is that I think Trent Frederick will drop the mitts when, you know, when it's warranted and when it's needed. But I mean, he put up 17 goals last year. Yes. He played with Charlie Coyle and Taylor Hall, but I think he's really turned into a legitimate uh, bottom six, for, like consistent bottom six forward. Um, yeah, for I do too. I, I think he's transitioned a little bit away from being a power forward. And I think he's more of a two way guy. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think his game is trending towards that, but in order for him to get noticed by, I mean, Bruce Cassidy, he kind of had to play that power forward role. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think we all knew too, that wasn't, you know, what he wanted to bring to the table. Right. Yeah. And again, when, when they drafted him, that's not what they drafted him for. Like, I, like, again, obviously he was, he was a college player. Like you, he wasn't fighting in college. Like he, he right. had, he had more of that two way game in college and it's just, I, I don't know, dude. Like, it, it was such a bizarre situation that, like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like you said, he he probably, I don't know, like, he hasn't came out and said, said this, that, like, maybe he felt like he had to be a fighter to get time in the NHL. Right. Um, obviously, he, you know, he wore the A at Wisconsin. So they, uh, you know, obviously they viewed him as a leader when he was in college. I mean, probably primarily the reason he got drafted in the first round. Um, he put up decent numbers, you know, 17 goals, 15 assists, 32 points um, in 36 games in his last year at Wisconsin. So obviously they saw something in him. Like there, there was something. It wasn't like solely the fighting aspect. Right. Um, and I just hope, you know, like, like you said, not to get super off topic. I, I just hope Johnny Beecher doesn't get to that point where like he's fighting for, you know, minutes and. Yeah, like, like literally, literally that. fighting. Yeah, literally fighting. <laughs> but yeah, man. Again, just I'm so excited about this prospect challenge, and um, you know, if there if there's any like specific players that people are like have questions about or like want footage of, like obviously I'm going to be trying to record as much as I can um, from every game. Um, there's games pretty much all day, starting for um, starting at twelve um, on Friday. So there's game 12, 3.30, and I believe like a 7 o'clock game. So I'm going to try to make every single one, um, obviously. And um, like I said, just message the uh, Drop the Mitts account. Um, if there's any players that, you know, it doesn't doesn't just have to be Bruins. I mean, obviously there's six teams that are going to be playing. So um, if there's any players that, you know, you guys want to see some footage of, definitely let us know. Let me know, and uh, I'll try to get some video of it. I want to see you get all the ice. I don't think anyone wants to see that. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to see that. I mean, listen. Hey. I'll block a, you're a surprise PTO. Dude, I, I would have a very similar game to uh, PJ Stock and EASHL. Um, so, dude, speak, speaking of, dude, me and uh, uh, Tedisco and I, we did do streaming. We were so bad. I think we were 0-10. No, and, you guys lost ten oh, in a row, dude. We were we were both zoinked, and uh, <laughs> we were, 
dude yeah we were we were pounding cream skulls and uh yeah dude by the end of the night we went and looked at our at the record and it was like 0 and 10 i think we had like maybe six goals the entire time but we were having oh, a blast man. doing it dude and we just you know we were just crushing people obviously al pacino was you know out there causing havoc and it was a lot of fun. I know we're going to get smoked by you guys. Actually, there was one question in the DMs that I do have to answer. It's who the who was the better EASHL goalie, Brett or Ace? I'd like to get your take. I think I know. I've watched enough of them. I think I'm I'm going to go with Ace, dude, to be honest. I, I think Ace, go, they're I think very Ace, similar, but I, I think go Ace is a more I think Ace is a more technically sound goalie. Yeah. Um he's got great fundamentals. Um. Yeah, and and I just want to piss Brett off. So <laughs> they're so similar, dude. But I think Brett um has more of he's almost like more of a Tim Thomas style, and he's kind of like flying all over the place. But he makes the saves too, so it's I don't know, it's entertaining. But they're both good. So I would take either of them as as a goalie on our squad. But if I had to pick one right now on the spot, since you went with Ace, I'll give Brett some flowers, and I'll say Brett. Yeah, Brett's also a loose cannon like Tim Thomas was. Yeah. So it's all, that's, a, that's a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, without further ado, we have an awesome uh, interview right now. Um, Gavin McKenna, um, 2026 draft eligible. I mean, right now, you know, hockey analysts are already saying that he's going to be the clear-cut number one pick in 2026. Um, yeah. go, go look up his highlights. Go look up his highlights. Go, you know, go look up his stats on, uh, you know, elite prospects. Um, he, he plays for the Medicine Hat Tigers and for with, you know, in the WHL and is just absolutely lighting it up. Not to mention he is 15 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I, this kid is, man, when, when I ever came across his highlights and, and, and was watching, I, I couldn't for the life of me believe that he was this young and, and tearing up the, the Western League. Um, yeah, I mean, just like a little sneak preview, a little a little uh, snippet from the interview. He said he'd been skating since he was two, and I couldn't even walk when I was two. So, like, that <laughs> should just give you an idea. I still struggle to walk, dude. Yeah, oh, um, yeah I, I'm bumping <laughs> in the walls every day, yeah. dude. I don't even, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, obviously, he, he's his own player. Um, cousins with Connor Bedard, worth yeah. noting. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, Pretty elite company, dude. Uh, they got some pretty good genes in that family. And, uh, I was just going to say good family genes. Yeah, and there's us. So, <laughs> without further ado, <laughs> we bring you uh, Gavin McKenna. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. Welcome back to Episode 12 of Drop the Mitts Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. We are joined by... A very gifted hockey player, um, you know, one one of the best of his age groups, um, an unbelievably um, talented kid, Gavin McKenna. Gavin, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. We uh, so honestly, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about how you how's the off season been going? Um, how often you been on the ice, and uh, what other kind of things do you enjoy dur- to do during the off season? Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a good summer for sure. I've been uh, I was out in Michigan training there at the development program for a bit, and then uh, in Kelowna in Vancouver, I was kind of all over the place skating. Probably some some weeks it would be like 
seven times a week. Some weeks it'd be just like four or three and then training five times a week usually. Um, and then, you know, we uh, just kind of got back into the season here. I'm at back in Medicine Hat where I'm playing for the year and uh, we've uh, just finished camp and getting into preseason now. And then, yeah, stuff I like to do in summer is just um, be with my family, obviously. And then I like to fish, uh, like to golf, dirt bike, uh, lots of outdoor stuff for sure. How's your golf game, dude? It's got better this summer. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like unreal, but I wouldn't say it's terrible. Yeah, we won't ask for a handicap number. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll keep that between us and uh... – <laughs> Yeah, man. Honestly, I, I wanted to talk to you about growing up in uh, in Whitehorse. Um, obviously, being the capital of UConn. Um, how young were you when you you know got into hockey? Um, you know, I, I read that your your dad would build you know rinks in the backyard. Uh, when when did you fall in love with the game of hockey? Yeah, well, pretty much my whole family uh, played hockey, so I was surrounded by it my uh, whole life growing up, but. I think I started to skate when I was two, uh, like my grandpa, um, my parents and stuff would be at work uh, or my sisters would be at school and my grandpa would take me out to like the public rink where I'd just spend hours out on there. And then, you know, my dad kind of realized that I loved the game. So he started to build me a backyard rink. Uh, so spent pretty much my whole childhood out there, which probably helped me quite a bit. So, um, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I couldn't even walk at two years old. You're skating. <laughs> <laughs> you're still learning. To, you're still I was learning gonna to walk, say, dude, yeah, One foot in front of the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, are there any? Um, so, obviously, you know, you're you're playing at a super high level right now. Um, super gifted player. Are there any players that you kind of idolize um, or or try to emulate your game after? Um, and then are there any players that, you know, that are in the league, I guess, now that are, like, good mentors to you? Um, I'd say, uh, for me, probably Jack Hughes. Um, he's a really exciting player to watch. Um, I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to train at the same gym as him, so kind of get to see what he's doing every day and stuff. Um, and, yeah, it's just the way he plays is just – so like modern i guess and it's like yeah. he's such a good skater so um try to just do what he does and yeah watch him all the time and stuff he's a he's an unbelievable player yeah yeah man what, like what would you say obviously because you're still developing your game but what what's your play style how would you describe it uh, i'd say i'm definitely a playmaker um you know like i like to be with line mates who can usually shoot the puck, I guess, because, you know, when I set them up, it's, I like, you know, get an apple there or whatever. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then uh, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty fat, good skater. Um, and then I say I have a decent shot too. I can score sometimes, but I'd say my main thing is uh, definitely playmaking. For sure. Yeah, you know, Mikey. Yeah, he li he listed all those things. Obviously, we we had to look look you up on Elite Prospects. Um, you know, listed at, you're an elite passer, team player, extremely accurate shooter. Um, what are some areas of your game that you're you know looking to improve? Um, you know, that some areas that you've been looking to work. Um, you know, fix up this off season. 
Uh, one thing that I uh, kind of got from last season was uh, probably my shot. Um, I think I'd like to kind of have a shooter's mentality a bit more next year or this year, I guess. But, yeah, I just work on that. Obviously, the goalies have gotten a lot better over the years and bigger and stuff. And then just my physical game, like I'm not like the biggest of guys. Um, so going into the dub, like playing against like 20-year-olds now, um, you know, they'll obviously be bigger and stronger and stuff. So just being heavier, that would help a lot for sure. Yeah, dude. Um, so you, you're going into your second season in Medicine Hat. Uh, you played 16 games last year. Do you have any major goals in your mind for this upcoming season that you want to try to reach? Um, you know, I think we got a, we got a really good team uh, that uh, we'll, we'll have here this year and the upcoming year. So a goal for me is obviously win a championship, um, whether it be this year, next year, the year after. Um, and then this year, I'm just focused on obviously taking it uh, game by game. And then uh, I'd say the main main goal for for personal is win rookie of the year. Um, you know, that's a good goal. <laughs> yeah, just to just to push for that. Well on your way, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, dude. So you know, I'm I'm gonna take you back a little bit. Um, your days in the CS uh, CSSHL. Um, obviously, 2021 Mosestis, you had 42. Most points with 65. Um, and then last season, 2022, you had the most assists, 38. Most goals, 37. Most points, 75. And then you were voted as the uh, most valuable player. Um, absolutely dominated this league. Um, what exactly went right for you? Um, and, you know, what were some of the things that, that you really took from that year um, that you're going to take to this year? um well i was just putting putting areas to succeed you know like being in medicine hat last year i was right with the tigers so i had uh practices with the tigers and stuff which obviously helped improve my game i'd say and then i got to play with saha um and then just you know being with good line mates and stuff like i was on good teams both years um really successful teams like lots of guys are going to be playing junior this year on the, both of those teams. Um, so, you know, I got to give lots of credit to my line mates and just the play, the uh, positions I was put in, like getting power play and stuff, all of that. So, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Um, just like kind of out of curiosity, what, do you have a favorite hockey moment that sticks out to you? Maybe one thing a little bit above the other on the ice or off the ice? Um, Man, there's a ton, but first one that came to mind was probably scoring my first WHL goal, um, you know, against Regina. It was a sold-out building, um, and then my parents were in the building, so it was definitely definitely a cool feeling for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, so you, you mentioned Regina. Um, obviously, you know, your cousins with Connor uh, Bedard, and um, – you know, being being cousins with him, obviously he was the you know number one pick this year, um, very highly touted. You know, along with yourself, um, is is there any advice that he gave you? Um, you know, you know what to expect at the next level, and exactly like how to have success at the next level. Um, it wasn't like he wouldn't give me tips, but he just like come for me, like he just kind of tell me like um just 
don't really worry about the pressure and stuff, I guess. And then, you know, we've only, yeah. it's like a distant, like cousin relationship, I guess. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've only talked a couple times, like through text and we obviously talked after the game, like he's just such a genuine guy. Like um, he congratulates me after all my success. And then I congratulate him after all his. Um, so yeah, he's just a really genuine guy and a great guy for sure. Yeah. So I, I want to go back to um, you being selected number one overall to, uh, you know, in the WHL draft. What was that like hearing your name? Obviously, you know, you're the number one pick in the WHL uh, Bantam draft to uh, Medicine Hat. Talk to us about that day and um, what what was that feeling like hearing your name, you know, you know, number one overall? I mean, that's huge, dude. Yeah, it was pretty cool for sure. Um, my phone was blowing up quite a bit. Uh, hadn't really experienced anything like that before. Um, and then just being from Whitehorse, like I got so much support because uh, it was the first time anybody from Whitehorse has been selected that high. Um, so just getting all the support from back home was unreal. Um, and just, yeah, having a, I was at the rink when I got drafted. So being with my team and stuff there, that was, that was a really cool experience. Um, yeah, it's something I'll remember forever. Yeah, man. So you said, you know, you like to emulate your game after Jack Hughes, but did you have a favorite team maybe growing up that you just, you know, like to watch? You sat on the couch, you know, saw how they played, took some tips from them, like favorite team growing up? Yeah, my favorite team to this day still is uh, Chicago. I uh, nice. I loved Patty Kane growing up, uh, still do. Um, and then – yeah, now we got we got Bezzy, so yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty sick. It all worked out. Yeah, dude, everything everything comes full circle. That's so crazy, uh, <laughs> man. I I have a feeling, honestly, I have a feeling they're going to be turning it around pretty quick. And I mean, who knows, yeah. man? By by the time twenty twenty six rolls around, like maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we're talking Gavin McKenna in a uh, uniform too. So. Yeah, that'd be unreal. <laughs> um. You know, obviously, like I mentioned, you're you know you're not draft eligible till 2026. Um, but you know, tr talking to say say we're talking to like GMs or coaches in the league, um, what kind of person um, off the ice and what kind of player, um, you know, can these executives expect to get from uh, a, a guy like Gavin McKenna? Yeah, I think off ice, I'm a pretty pretty energetic guy. Um, I like to talk quite a bit. Um, and obviously I like to work hard. Um, I'm a guy who likes to push himself, whether in the gym or on the ice and like to, uh, push my teammates as well. So I think, you know, that's what they'll expect from me. And then on the ice, just like I said, a hardworking playmaker, um, you know, try to make the guys around him better and make himself better too. Yeah, man. With like, so the NHL kind of getting away from its traditional physicality, fighting, just brutality aspects, and transitioning more towards skill and speed. Uh, do you think that benefits you as a player? Yeah, definitely could for sure. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not the thickest of guys, so you know, <laughs> I like to. I'm a pretty skilled guy, I guess. So you know, I like. I kind of like that, how it's changing a little bit. Yeah. I know some people aren't uh, too keen on that, but uh, I'm a big fan of it for sure. Yeah. Definitely but, makes but it more not... entertaining. You get to see yeah, more, but... more like individual skills. 
Yeah. I was going to say, but you're not afraid to drop them every so often, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, honestly, like, I, I know you're, obviously, you're you're so young and, you know, your career is just starting. Um, and, you know, th- there's so much hype and everything. And obviously, you've you've definitely proven that you're, you can play at every level. Um, how do you not let that pressure kind of get to you? And how do you just, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think a lot of people forget that you are still just a kid. Um, and, you know, you, you, there's still a lot of things you enjoy doing outside of hockey. How do you not let that pressure kind of get to you? Um, and, you know, like, again, you, you mentioned, you know, Connor kind of giving you a little bit of mentorship of how to not let that pressure get to you. but you know, what kind of, what kind of things do you do to, you know, not let that pressure get to you? Um, well, honestly, uh, you know, just being in the rink, that's where I like feel the most like at home. Um, you know, I just, um, when I'm on the ice, just, it kind of just goes away, you know, like you just kind of play your game, but you know, if you're off that game, I just do my best not to get frustrated. And then, you know, like, I'm lucky enough where I got resources to talk to about my game, like if it wasn't a good game or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's always good to go to those people. And then, you know, it's it's always good sometimes, like in the summer, just to take a couple of weeks away from the game after such a long year, um, kind of do the things that you love that you don't usually get to do during the season. So I think that helps a lot for sure. And then just, you know, obviously just loving the game, like having fun with it. Uh, you know, I think if you're doing that, you're going to be successful. So I do my best to just have fun with it. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned just just keep loving the game and just, you know, enjoying yourself out there, man. I, I was watching the clip of, you know, you scoring your first WHL goal and you can just tell, dude, like at the celebration, like you you can just tell how passionate you are about the game. And that's unbelievable, man. Uh, it, it's so good to see just, you know, the young younger kids just – so passionate about the game and so excited, you know, to get out there. Um, Definitely just, you know, keep loving the game, dude. Like that's, that's one thing I can just say, just, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you can just tell the way you play out there, you know, you're just so passionate about the game and, and don't ever lose that. Um, Mikey, I don't know if, if there's any uh, other questions that you have. Um, I got nothing else, man. I just, again, thank you for coming on, man. It's huge. Um, it's awesome to see you thrive, you know, in the WHL and, and um, I can't wait to see what you do this year with medicine hat. We'll be yeah, watching. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, dude, we're so, we were so excited about this interview. Um, so honestly, we can't thank you enough for uh, coming on, drop the mitts and uh, honestly wish you nothing but the best this season, buddy. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. All right. You too. Take care, bud.